Anicca Vata Sankara, impermanent are all conditioned things. This is the way of conditioned things, the way that it is in this conditioned realm. Things, people, places, things arise, take birth, they change, and they pass. The year comes and goes. The year comes and goes. Time moves on. One of my dear friends in Berlin, my friend Karsten, one of his favorite sayings was, time is running. Time is running. I don't know if that, that was, that's like a German, or an English translation of a German phrase or just something that he came up with, but uh, I always love that. Time is running. So, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, in Buddhist circles is often uh, a day of significance because it so clearly uh, illustrates the truth of the way things are in, in the world, in the conditioned realm. Things arise, change, and pass. This is the truth of the way things are. Now, it's something that we can reflect on at this time of the year as we pass from one year into the next. So over the years, I've, uh, I've given many talks on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. Uh, some years I've given talks on New Year's Eve. Some years I've given talks on New Year's Day. It's always a day, as I say, in Dharma circles, uh, when we, uh, it's often a day when we come and practice together and, and have a chance to reflect in the way that we're reflecting today. It seems that uh, whenever I've given talks on New Year's Eve, the talk has been about looking back over the past year. And when I've given a talk on New Year's Day, it's been about looking forward uh, toward the next year. Uh, so I think today I'll do a little bit of both a little bit of looking back and a little bit of looking forward and uh, how we can bring the teachings of the Buddha, the Dhamma, into those two processes, which are both important processes uh, for Dharma students, but for human beings. So the Buddha is very clear in his guidance that looking back is something that we need to do as Dharma students, as human beings. Uh, the Buddha in his teaching stresses the importance of remembering, remembering. He often defines mindfulness as a process of remembering, as a process of remembering. Uh, this is from the notes. Let's see if I can do this without making a mess. Uh, the Buddha says, what is the faculty of mindfulness? There is the case where a monk, a disciple of the noble ones, is mindful, highly meticulous, remembering and able to call to mind even things that were done and said long ago. And then he goes on to describe the foundations of mindfulness. So this process of mindfulness is a process of 
remembering. So part of it is remembering where to put our attention, and part of it is to remember uh, what we've come to understand about that which we are putting our attention on. So this process of remembering includes remembering what we've learned as we pay attention to our experience, remembering what we've learned through clear seeing and understanding what we've learned in the heart. So it's remembering the truth, remembering the Dhamma. And one of the most critical elements of this remembering uh, is anicca-vata-sankara, remembering this truth and applying it to all that we pay attention to. Anicca-vata-sankara, all conditioned things are impermanent, all things arise, change, and pass. Now, this is, this is very important for us to remember that uh, conditioned things are, by their very nature, subject to change, to arising and passing, birth and death, because we live in the conditioned world. As I've been talking about a lot lately in this group, we live in the conditioned realm. So this world we live in is made up of conditioned things, all of which are subject to passing, just like this year. So all of our experience, all the beings we know, and all the different experiences of our lives arise, change, and pass. All the experiences of our body and mind are subject to birth and death. They're impermanent, inconstant, ultimately not self. So the logical understanding that derives from that understanding is that experience by its nature is largely unsatisfactory. It's largely unsatisfactory because it's impermanent, it's subject to birth and death, it's unreliable, and it's uncertain. It's uncertain experience. So uh, we all know this on some level. Uh, you know, uh, this group, of course, started uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, sort of as a support for all of us as we've gone through the pandemic. Uh, and uh, we are, of course, uh, and continue to be, uh, and we will be going forward, uh, clearly reminded of the tenuous, uncertain, and unreliable nature of human experience, of body and mind. So, uh, it doesn't mean there isn't pleasurable experience, and that we don't uh, uh, have the uh, uh, pleasure of uh, different things in our lives that are uh, 
uh, agreeable to us, but it means that uh, experience is unreliable and changeable, so there's pleasure and pain, gain and loss. So there is pain in life. You know, there's an inherent pain in life. Uh, there's loss that's inherent in life. It's the way that it is in the conditioned realm. This is true for all beings. This is true for all beings. All beings experience pain in this life. All beings experience loss in this life. I mean, this is one of the things that uh, the Buddha emphasized again and again. We tend to think we're being singled out because we're experiencing pain. Uh, we tend to think that our objective in this life is to avoid pain and loss. It's not going to happen. This is the nature of this human life. This is this na the nature of this human life. So over the last year, we've all experienced pain. If it's the pain of the body, the pain of, lo of, of loss, the pain of being separated from all that's dear and appeal appealing to us, we've all experienced loss. This is the nature of what it is to be a human being in this human realm. All beings experience this. So this is important for us to understand. All beings experience pain and loss. As Dharma students, we seek to relate to pain and loss in a skillful way. So the differentiation that the teachings make between beings is beings who are skillful and unskillful. Some beings relate to pain and loss in an unskillful way with aversion and fear and delusion and trying to avoid it and trying to change things. Other beings, Dharma students, learn to relate to pain and loss in a skillful way. So we learn to meet experience in this conditioned realm skillfully. So if we look back over the past year, you know, we've all experienced pain and loss. Uh, our task as human, as Dharma students, is to meet pain and loss skillfully with equanimity, with equanimity, right? Not reacting not reacting. Equanimity is rooted in understanding, is rooted in understanding. So as we go forward in this year to come, we'll experience pain and loss, but we'll remember what we've learned. As Dharma students, we'll remember what we've learned. We've learned that this is the way it is. Equanimity is rooted in this understanding that the conditioned realm is fraught with challenges and difficulties. It's changeable and unsatisfactory in that all of our human experience is subject to change, to passing. It's unreliable and uncertain. So we've learned this by paying attention to our experience as Dharma students. So this is why we meditate. You know, we meditate in large part so that we can have a little bit of space so that we can understand human experience. That's our job, is to understand our experience as human beings so that we can make the most out of this human experience. 
we're going to make the most out of this human experience, we have to understand the truth of it. So we've had an opportunity this past year and in all the years of our lives uh, to understand the truth of what it is to be human. And we have learned to apply this as we go forward, this understanding, so that we can meet our difficulty with equanimity, with understanding in a non-reactive way, and with the heart, with compassion. Now, what happens when we don't meet our experience skillfully? Because, dare I say, you know, there's going to be many times when we don't meet our experience skillfully, when we don't meet the experience of pain and loss skillfully, when we react with aversion to pain and loss or fear, or we try to, uh, or we're confused, or we try to push it away. So what do we do as Dharma students? We bring awareness to what it is uh, that we're doing that's unskillful. Oh, there's aversion to that, this pain. Oh, there's fear about this loss. Oh, there's not wanting this experience of life. So we bring awareness to uh, the way that we're relating in terms of our thoughts and our emotions to uh, how we're uh, reacting in an unskillful way to pain and loss. We bring awareness to dukkha. You know, when we're relating unskillfully to pain and loss, there's dukkha, the heart's blocked. See, pain and loss in and of itself does not mean that our heart will be blocked and that we can't be happy in this life. Our heart becomes blocked, there's dukkha, when we react in an unskillful way to the way that life is. So our job as Dharma students, in large part, is to see when we're doing that. That's known as the first noble truth, to see, oh, the heart is blocked. I'm reacting unskillfully to the way things are. These situations in life, sickness, aging, death, separation, you know, loss, blame, disrepute. You know, we see that we're relating unskillfully to these things. We bring awareness. We learn to cultivate equanimity and compassion. So we've come up with that little acronym of ABC. ABC. So we've learned how to relate, how to relate skillfully to when we're being unskillful in regard to pain and loss. So this is one thing. You know, anicca vata sankara, uh, having this understanding, remembering that the, hum the human realm, this is so important for us to remember because we forget. Why is this happening? Why am I in pain? Why is there loss? Why is there separation? Why is the body aging? Why am I dying? So we have to remember. We learn the lessons. We remember. We remember how to relate skillfully. We've all experienced pain and loss in the last year, and we've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I challenge anyone here, you know, and this is a very noble group of wholehearted Dharma students, you know, to 
to, to submit that they haven't made any mistakes in 2022, 2022. See, I made a mistake right there. I got the year wrong. Already, I'm off to the year and a good start here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like a few hours into 2023, and I've already made a bunch of mistakes. There's no question. Yeah. So it's sort of like we all make mistakes. We make mistakes. Uh, where we live in this conditioned realm, which is subject to birth and death, to uh, arising and changing and passing, which is unpredictable and uncertain. Uh, and it's challenging. It's challenging to live in this conditioned realm. You know, our experiences of life are challenging. Beings are challenging. Other human beings are unpredictable and inherently unreliable. You know, there's the experiences of life, you know, the different hardships, like a pandemic or, you know, the loss of a job or the loss of a friend or all the different things that happen in life that are part of life in the conditioned realm. And because these things are difficult, in response to this kind of difficulty, we often make mistakes. And then, of course, this human experience of ours is conditioned. You know, the body is conditioned. It's subject to inconstancy and impermanence and unpredictability. You know, so the material that we're dealing with uh, in terms of the body uh, uh, is, uh, is, 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 is inherently unreliable. And the material that we're dealing with in terms of the mind, uh, the thoughts and the different emotions is conditioned and inconstant and unpredictable and unreliable. Uh, so we make mistakes. You know, we make mistakes. We make mistakes. You know, there are times when we're unskillful. There's times when we're imperfect. So, you know, uh, you know, as, as Dharma students, you know, as we look back or as we look at our experience, we learn to acknowledge our mistakes and to learn from them, to learn from them. Uh, but that uh, acknowledgement is, is skillful. You know, that relating to that, those mistakes that we make are skillful, is skillful. You know, we strive to be more skillful. We strive to be more skillful. Uh, but our capacity to be more skillful depends largely on our, compa our capacity to acknowledge our unskillfulness. It's like, why is he talking about this? Why does he talk about our mistakes? You know, because we want to learn to you know, be more skillful. We want to learn to, you know, to relate to our mistakes in a more skillful way so that we can be more skillful. You know, so, you know, our tendency is to look away uh, and not to want to pay attention to our mistakes or to judge them. Uh, what we're asked to do is to be truthful. You know? And truthfulness is really the key in dealing with the mistakes that we make, the mistakes that we will make. You know, the Buddha said, you know, give me somebody who's truthful and I can teach that person the Dharma. I can teach that person the Dharma. You know, the Buddha made a lot of mistakes but he was truthful about it. 
I mean, he practiced for six years in traditions that didn't lead him to awakening, but he was able to be truthful with it, about that. He didn't say, oh, I'm just going to go along. You know, these, this is the trendy group to be in, you know, and I, you know, and I feel secure in this group and nobody's going to, you know, it's like, no, I made a mistake in, in, in meditating with these guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on into something else. So as Dharma students, we recognize our unskillfulness. We're truthful. We relate to our unskillfulness with equanimity. You know, we look at it clearly and calmly and with compassion, and then we resolve to be more skillful. We resolve to be more skillful. So I'm also going to say a few words about looking ahead. You know, in looking ahead, in, uh, in uh, uh, understanding what it is that we uh, want to do as we move forward, uh, our practice is one in large part of resolve or right resolve. Right resolve. You know, so our practice in taking action is the practice of following the path the Noble Eightfold Path. Uh, the Noble Eightfold Path, of course, begins with right view, which leads into right resolve. So right resolve, our intention for moving forward, for what we're going to do in 2023, is uh, necessarily informed by right view. Now, I like to think about right view which is something I've talked about a lot this over the past year, uh, I like to think about right view in, as uh, shifting the way that we look at things, right? shifting the way that we look at things, and then right resolve in accord with that, uh, shifting in the way that we uh, uh, establish our intention for moving forward. So right view is a shift in the way that we look at things and live, live our lives. Uh, and in, in establishing right view, we establish the view that our happiness depends on our actions. Specifically, our happiness depends on the quality of our actions. Uh, specifically, that our happiness in this life uh, depends, and in this year to come, depends on uh, act the, the degree to which we're able to act with compassion and loving kindness. And loving kindness. So that's a shift, right? You know, that's a shift from the type of view that I was certainly brought up with, and that most of us probably were brought up with and live with, and wittingly or not, uh, ascribe to. We may think my happiness will be dependent on if I get that, this new job or if this relationship works out or if I can figure out this thing in terms of my apartment situation, right? We always talk about jobs, relationships, and apartments. If I can line up the condition things in my life in a certain way that is in accord with what I want, essentially, uh, uh, then I'll be happy. So, you know, right view and then right resolve uh, is shifting that. You know, it's shifting that. 
uh, right resolve instead of focusing or emphasizing the content of the conditioned things in our lives focuses, emphasizes more on the quality of heart that we bring to our experience in our lives. So in having right resolve, we resolve to live with wisdom, compassion, loving kindness. So there's less focus on, I've got to get this job or accomplish this, or I've got to get this relationship to go a certain way. Uh, uh, there's more emphasis, so, so, so there's less emphasis on things that are unreliable. You know, because those things are unreliable. I mean, you can do everything that you can do to try to get the best job or to accomplish something in your career. It's very unreliable. It's very uncertain. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to do those things, but that's not where we put our focus in terms of the way that we relate to our human experience. Our focus is in meeting our experience with love and with compassion and taking action with love and with compassion. So it's less emphasis on that which is unreliable, that which is uncertain. It's like the meditation. Meditation is a metaphor, right? Uh, I say that all the time. Meditation is a metaphor. You want to see, you sit down to meditate, and you want it to be a certain way. You're hoping that, you know, you're going to develop really good concentration and, you know, you're not going to have any, you know, uh, you know, distracting thoughts and all then the body is going to be in a blissful state. It's like it's completely uncertain. You know, it's completely uncertain. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in any period of meditation, right? It's so much out of your control, right? It's so much out of your control. I mean, has a meditation ever gone exactly the way that you wanted it to go or thought it would go? You know, that's it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to develop concentration. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to develop ease and pleasure. But those things are very, you know, and, and those things are more reliable than a lot of other things in life, but it's still quite unreliable, right? It's quite unreliable. You know, you get the conditions are just perfect. Ah, it's just so perfect, you know, and then there's a garbage truck right outside the door, you know, window. Damn, you know, that's kind of life, right? That's life. That's going to happen in 2023. So what's reliable is the quality of the heart and the intention that you meet your experience with. You don't know what's going to happen in the meditation, but whatever happens, you can meet it with compassion and loving and kindness. That's reliable. That's relying on things that are reliable. So this is what we learn to do. Whatever your experience is in the meditation, if there's a garbage truck, if your leg falls asleep, if you miss every breath, you know, if you're obsessed in thoughts about this or that or the other thing, you can still meet that experience with loving kindness. You can still meet that experience with loving kindness. You come to the Dharma talk on Sunday morning, you know, and you're really hoping that Dubinin's going to talk about something and you know, it's going to have be a certain experience and you're going to see, you know, and it's like it just he talks about something that you have no interest in. You know, you can still meet that experience with loving kindness and compassion. You, know? you don't have much control over what I say. You can make some suggestions, 
But, you know, I could even have the best talk and uh, best subject and I could deliver it in a lousy manner. You know, that's that happens every now and again. You know? But you can meet whatever happens with loving kindness and with compassion. That's reliable. That's a rely that's reliable. So this is our resolve as we move forward in accord with right resolve in accord with right resolve is to meet the experience of life with the heart. To meet it with our goodness, to have faith in our goodness. To meet it with loving kindness, to meet the experience of life with compassion. You know, this is something that you can do. This is reliable. Whatever your experience is, if there's pain, if there's loss, if there's difficulty in this year, you can meet this experience with compassion and loving kindness. Those conditioned things in the conditioned realm, largely out of your control. What's in your control is your capacity to meet these experiences with compassion and loving kindness. Now, what's going to strengthen your ability to do that is, is your meditation and having concentration. So there's space so that you can remember what it is that you're supposed to do so that you can remember, oh yeah, when I try to make, you know, when I rebel against conditioned things, when they're not going the way that I want them to go, I suffer. When I meet my experience with compassion and loving kindness, regardless of what my experience is, there's happiness of heart. You remember that, but your capacity to remember that, you know, is dependent, is largely attributable to concentration and your meditation practice. So, you know, we tend to put all of our faith in conditioned things, you know. If the career goes a certain way, I'll be happy. So we put our faith in the career. If the body is a certain way, I'll be happy, you know, so unreliable. If other beings are a certain way, we put our faith in things that are unreliable. So what we're asked to do in following the path is to have a little bit more faith in things that are reliable, to have more faith in our goodness. Can we have a little more faith? You know, you know, it's like a little more faith. This would be a good topic title for this talk, a little more faith. A little more, a little more faith. Can you have a little more faith in your goodness? A little more faith, faith in the heart. A little more faith in loving kindness, a little more faith in love and compassion. You know, the conditioned realm is uncertain and unreliable. We have to remember this. We seek to make less effort in looking for certainty in uncertain things. We remember, we learn to remember what we've learned. You know, that the conditioned realm is impermanent and uncertain. You know, when we're remembering that and when we're acting in accord with that, we're acting in accord with the truth, with the Dhamma. We learn to remember that our capacity for happiness in this life depends on meeting this life and the world and this conditioned realm with love and with compassion. So we shape our lives, you know, informed by love and compassion. 
That's the material that we use for shaping our lives, the material of the heart. So can we see to it that we're living from the heart, that we're not at odds with the conditioned realm or not so much at odds with the conditioned realm, not so much making an effort to be joined with what we find pleasing and disjoined with what we find displeasing, which is always sort of a losing effort. Can we begin to make that shift? Can we begin to make that shift toward relating to our experience, whatever it is, with compassion and loving kindness? So can our resolve be to make that shift? When we make this shift, you know, little by slowly, the world opens up for us. You know, we're so focused on conditioned things, and that's the nature of conditioned things. You know, we get so focused on trying to get things to be just a certain way, you know, and, it, and that takes up all of our effort because we can never get things to be a certain way. So all of our effort goes into getting things to be a certain way, and we become preoccupied with that. So can we shift towards the heart and relating to our experience, whatever it is, with loving kindness and compassion. And we have these ideas about what happiness is and how we're going to know it. You know, but they're, they're very limited ideas that we have. You know, if we begin to relate to our experience with the heart, you know, and the heart includes our wisdom, loving kindness, and compassion, we begin to start to discern uh, a way of being in the world, a way of living, a way of expressing ourselves that goes way beyond what the mind could possibly hope to, to come up with, way beyond the bounds of our, our limited imaginations. There's no question about that. There's no question about that. But we're just so focused on getting things to be a certain way, right? That can never be a certain way. So as we focus less on condition things being a certain way and shift the focus to the heart, to loving kindness, compassion, we begin to touch into a happiness that's unconditioned. And this will just begin to happen. We begin to touch into a happiness that is beyond the strictures of time, that's beyond the strictures of this year and the next year. We begin to touch into and know a happiness that doesn't die. This will happen. This is what the path leads us to. The path is a path. It leads us to something. It leads us to something. If we adopt right view that our happiness depends on acting and being in this world and meeting our experience with loving kindness, if we resolve to do that, if we begin to make that shift, if we rely more on the heart, the heart will guide us. The heart will guide us to a greater happiness. The heart will guide us to a true happiness, a happiness that's reliable. <laughs>